you guys. Welcome back to the Bitchopedia podcast. I'm your host, Becca, and today I want to talk a little bit about mind awareness and what that means for me. You know, we talk about mind body awareness and really just knowing what's going on in your body and the correlation that you can see anything that's off in your mind, you can tell through your body and vice versa. So today I want to specifically just talk about mind awareness because honestly, all of this came because of the shows that I've been watching. And I find I get so much inspiration from started looking at them through this new perspective. But everywhere I look in all the shows that I'm watching, I'm seeing these, these themes like, um, okay, let me give you an example. So there's a show on Netflix called Human Resources, and it's available in the US. I don't know if it's available everywhere, but it's a cartoon. It's made by the same guy, Nick Kroll, who does uh, Big Mouth, which I was not into that show. But I watched this because it's like a play on words. The human resources, each character is a different trait that humans have. So like there's shame and then there's a logic rock and the love bug. And then there's these like mosquitoes that represent anxiety Um, there's the hormone monsters, you know, and it's all these different characters, but they basically represent different parts of ourselves. So I noticed the same thing. I'll, I'll go through each of them individually, but it's kind of the same with the show Inside Out. I don't know if you've ever seen that, or excuse me, the movie Inside Out, which is a children's movie by Disney, but I've heard stories about how they were teaching children through this metaphor, basically. In this cartoon, they were teaching them how to recognize their feelings. And yes, we're one person, but each emotion. So in the movie, you see the child, Joy is at the head of the table until she becomes a teenager and they have to move and then sadness comes in, right? So I started looking at that and you'll notice with the parents, you know, the parents will have different Um, emotions that are sitting at the wheel so that's basically your go-to emotion so I had to look at myself and think who is making most of my decisions and another thing that actually helped me you can google it and look it up but it was my friend sent me this because I was like I think I'm experiencing something that I don't know how to put my finger on like I don't know what's going on I wasn't able to identify my feelings so she sent me this thing that's an emotion wheel And here, let me pull it up and look at it. If you look it up, it's basically just a wheel broken down into these, let's see, one, two, three, six main emotions. Okay, so there's, and they basically correlate with the characters in Inside Out. And there's anger, sadness, surprise, joy, love, and fear. And when I went through, there's, you know, another level around it that's got broken down even to smaller pieces of feelings so like love has peaceful tenderness desire longing affectionate whereas sadness has suffering sadness disappointed shameful neglected despair and then even further out it breaks it down even more you know agony hurt depressed sorrow dismayed displeased regretful guilty and there's all these different feelings so I went through the 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 biggest wheel if you look it up it's going to make it a lot easier for me to um explain this to you but the the smallest parts of it being broken down I went through and I just marked what I was feeling and when I looked down and broke it down to what color 
it was like, what was the main emotion that I was feeling? Honestly, there were two main emotions. These were the two emotions that were sitting at the head of my table and it was fear and sadness, emotions that I had marked. So that gave me awareness. You know, they say the first step is to recognize it, right? So that gave me awareness of recognizing like you're feeling out of whack, but I couldn't specifically pinpoint what it was that was feeling off. You know, there were a few things that were stressing me out more than they had been. And I was kind of reacting. I was more reactive rather than proactive. And I knew that there were things that I was doing differently in my life. My schedule had changed and, you know, I'm all about routine, but I got a new job. So my, my whole routine that I had established in the mornings that was like, wake up, do my yoga, go walk outside, get that time outdoors and in nature. I didn't realize that those were so important to me. But when I looked at my feelings wheel, um, I realized that this was having a negative impact. So I was, that was the first step was to recognize it, right? The second one was to change it. And I was like, okay, I didn't realize that that was so important to me and so important to my mental health. So I started waking up earlier and was like, you know, if I do have to work in the morning, like I can change my schedule to work nights or do whatever. There's flexibility in that, which is the good thing. If I needed to be up earlier to get those things done, I realized that that was something I was willing to do because I really wanted this routine that I had integrated into my life. I wanted to keep that up. Right. So this was actually some of the advice that I got when I was in therapy was to kind of start separating the voices in my head, so to speak. And that just means that when I would get these thoughts, if I could put a voice to it, it helped me recognize where it was coming from. And a lot of times I realized that the, mainly the shame and like the gaslighting that was happening in my mind when I heard it, it was the voice of Max husband. And that's not to say that he's like this toxic, horrible person. I'm just saying that was something that in our relationship we experienced. And that was something that he would do to me was he would put doubt into my head or I would let him put doubt in my head. You know, So when I would hear these, these thoughts, I would listen to the voice that they were coming in as, and I would recognize them as his voice. And I was like, this is not your voice. This is not your thoughts. These are not your thoughts. These are the thoughts of your ex-husband. Same thing I can do with my parents. A lot of times I'll hear, you know, which I guess really in um, in the show Human Resources, my parents would be like the logic rock, right? They they want structure and they want sure things and no risks because risks are dangerous and you could lose everything, you know. So I kind of started separating that voice out of like, okay, those are not your thoughts either. Those are your parents. That's what your parents want you to do. So what does my voice sound like? And I guess that's really still something that I'm trying to figure out and separating your fear from your intuition is very, very important. And I think that's what got me so thrown off with the last like round of changes that happened. My last metamorphosis was I stopped kind of recognizing whose voices were whose. And I started to doubt my intuition. And of course, you know, doubt starts creeping in and that's represented in the show as well. Uh, Human resources, they have these little, like I said, anxiety mosquitoes. They come in and it's a very clever show, but you can see it, you know, as soon as that one little bit of doubt, there's like a depression kitty. So depression kitty will start talking and be like, you know, starts telling you all the things that are wrong. So then she'll get nervous. And then that's when 
the anxiety mosquitoes swarm in and they start telling her like, you know, oh my God, no, you're right. Like, but if we can't do this and then there's more than one and it's just a very good visual representation of what anxiety feels like because there's all these like swarming thoughts and they're putting things into your head. And a lot of times you would see, you know, these other emotions take a back seat. So like love, obviously love is not going to be present when we are in a fear-based state when our minds are going crazy. And that's kind of what I've been feeling like is just disconnected. You know, my love, my love bug <laughs> took a back seat, you know, and I realized that like, Hey, I haven't heard from her in a while. Maybe we need to start pulling some of that up and start recognizing that and bringing it in. And I really, I've been struggling because I felt like with everything that happened, it was kind of a setback and I was back to square one. And I remember in this new jobs orientation, it, it kind of felt like I was back at square one and I thought I had no issue with that, but, and it's not necessarily, I mean, I guess it is my ego that's getting in the way of it, but it wasn't like I was upset, like mad. It was more just kind of disappointed of like, I thought I had made more progress than this, but that was also something that, that I don't, I don't know exactly which one it was, if it was like depression kitty or the anxiety or whatever, but something, well, actually, no, I do. Cause now I can picture it. There's like a shame monster. He looks like the Grim Reaper on the show, but that's what it was, was like, shame was like, oh my God, I cannot believe you are going back to waiting tables after you said you were never going to do that again. You know, like I thought I was free of it and there's nothing wrong with doing what you have to do to put money on the table. But I think because I had built up this idea that like, it's fine. That stage of your life is over. is kind of how I saw it. So for me going back to it, even though it was what I needed to do to make money, it kind of felt like I was taking steps backwards. And my ego was telling me like, great, you lost all that progress, all that progress that you had made is gone now. And you lied to us because you said you weren't going to go back to serving, you know, and I had kind of built it up in my brain. So I kept asking myself, like, why is this happening for me? Why is this happening for me? What can I learn from this? What lesson is this teaching me? And I think it kind of reminded me because I was getting pretty far along in my spiritual journey that I was finding it difficult to connect with people in the beginning stage of their journey. And sometimes you forget how hard it is to pull yourself out of depression or to pull yourself out of that hole. Like I kept telling my friends, you know, when they were, they're getting started and they'll ask me advice and I would tell them like, you just have to do it, you know? And it seemed so easy for me because I was so far along with my progress. I had gotten out of that stage where it was like every morning you wake up and you don't want to get out of bed. I had kind of gotten past that. I was excited to wake up in the morning. I was excited. Like I loved life I was loving my life and then I think that was like a big separator was my ego was getting in the way and saying that we would never go back that we could never go back we're too far gone to go back to being depressed and I kind of convinced myself because I told you I stopped taking my depression medication I think I thought that I just had it beat you know like it wasn't ever going to come back again and the universe is reminding me that that is not true that it is going to take active consistent practice. And I know that I've talked about this on the podcast. You're like, duh, you've talked about the importance of consistency, but that's the thing. A lot of times I say these things and I forget to put them into action every day. So it's just like going to the gym, you know, you go to the gym and you get in really good shape 
you can skip a couple of days and still be in good shape. But if you sit back on that idea of like, yeah, I'm in shape, I'm in great shape. I don't need to go to the gym and you do it too much. You know, you start skipping too many days. It catches up with you. And then when you go back to the gym, it's fucking hard and you realize, oh shit, I have been slacking. And this is all just a metaphor, but I mean, I, I did notice it even with the gym, you know, I did, it's a metaphor, but real life, this is what happened to me because I was taking days away, you know, with the new job. I told you that that was kind of interfering with my schedule. So I went back into the gym and realized like it does not take as long as you think it does to fall back out of shape. And I think I needed kind of that mental check as well of like, you, you really do have to do this every day. And I don't say that to make it sound off putting or like, it's going to be work, but it's just like, you know, keeping in shape, going to the gym. If you want to avoid those really hard days where it's like, God, this is fucking miserable. And you haven't seen results yet. And all of that, like, the shittiest stage is the beginning, right? When you're working and you still haven't seen any results, but you're busting your ass. We want to be able to eat a salad once or meditate once and be fine, be in good shape, be, you know, mentally aware. That's not how it works. And I think I was forgetting that. I was kind of taking too many like cheat days, you know, mentally because I wasn't checking in with myself. And I don't know if that was self-sabotage or if it was just, you know, the, the effects of my life. I think at some point I, I switched from being the creator of my destiny. I switched back to being the manager of my circumstances. And that's something that Tony Robbins says is like, don't manage your circumstances, create your own, I'm paraphrasing, but create your own destiny, you know? So I think I realized that too. At one point, it was probably, you know, three or four days ago that I had to kind of snap out of it and was like, okay, no. Like, this is not a fun feeling because when you are managing your circumstances, it feels like you're just, you're trying to keep your head above water. And that panicky feeling that I thought I had gotten rid of, like I said, like I thought my anxiety and depression were basically cured. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think that they were gone forever, but I definitely thought that it would take longer for them to come back. So when I look at why this is happening for me, I'm able to see that. And I decided to put joy back in charge, you know, and resilience back in charge and let depression and the sadness and the fear take a back seat because it felt too much like I was fighting against the current. And I felt that way for a long time. And I know we talked about I think last week with Colton, we talked about, you know, shortening that time frame of being angry or being sad. I think that was kind of what scared me was it got away from me a little bit and it went a little longer than I wanted to. But I realized the importance of surrounding myself with good people, only consuming, not only, but mainly consuming good content. I think that was actually one of the biggest things that had an effect on me was I kind of started streaming these like low vibration content things because it's easier. You know, it really is. It's easier to sit there and watch like reality TV to numb your mind and to kind of just check out. And as I'm saying it now, I'm like, hello, duh. I was checking out. Of course, I felt disconnected. I was disconnecting, you know? So, and then once you get to that point, it's so hard to pull yourself out of that low vibration that you kind of have to go back to neutral because the super high vibrations seem so 
they seem almost off-putting. So like when I know that I need to meditate, when I feel like I need to meditate, that's what I need to do the most. That's when I don't want to do it because it feels like it gives me the most anxiety to think about sitting down and doing it. That's probably when I need to do it, you know, to calm my mind. There's another example, a show on Netflix and it's Space Force. It's got Steve Carell, writers of The Office. And there's Steve Carell, who I think represents the imagination and the soul. And then there's Don Malkovich, which represents the ego. And he's the scientist who knows, you know, facts. And he tells him there's, it's all about, it's about Space Force, but it's satirical and it's hilarious. But there's also such a deeper meaning behind it, I think. And if you look at it, they're talking about, you know, it's a big launch day and they need to launch this rocket. And John Malkovich goes to Steve Carell and says, this is not the day to do it. We do not need to do it today. Conditions are not perfect. They need to be perfect before we do it. And Steve Carell says, you know, conditions are never perfect. We can't wait for the perfect day. It'll never happen. John Malkovich says, tomorrow's conditions are supposed to be perfect. And I think it was just such a, like I could see those two parts of my brain conversing, you know, of like, it's never going to be perfect. We just have to go tomorrow's tomorrow's going to be perfect. And that's like procrastination, right? You keep telling yourself like, okay, you're right. Yeah. Tomorrow will be better. And then tomorrow comes and we don't do it. And I've talked about that on here too, before that I have to like act immediately or I'm not going to do it because I'll get to in my head. So when I look at it that way, I can also hear, you know, my mind separating the ego versus the soul because John Malkovich is the ego so if I hear things that are you know they they want to keep me safe that's the whole job of ego is to keep you safe right so when I sit down and talk to my ego and tell it like listen I know you're trying to keep me safe but we are safe okay we're not in danger and this is one of the practices that I saw on I think it was a TikTok video that was talking about whenever you go into this like state of panic and you're in that moment of panic to just look around, look to your left, look to your right. And she says to engage your core and just totally look around and say, okay, do you see? We're safe. We're not in danger. You know, we get into that and survival mode and we can't experience any joy. We can't experience anything other than we need to be keeping ourselves alive. You need to eat and you need to be looking around all the time for threats because they're everywhere, you know? And of course, that's what gives us anxiety is to feel like there's a threat at every corner. Of course, we're not going to feel relaxed. Of course, we're not going to feel at peace. And then it started affecting my sleep. And guess what that does? That creates more, it feeds more into the cycle of I'm not well rested. Of course, my mind is still, you know, it's this, this cycle that it gets into and it's hard to break out of it. So my best advice is to just do these little things and start small. Don't, don't bite off more than you can chew. And that was kind of my biggest lesson that I had to learn when I was coming out of it was like, you, you're not going to be able to just jump back to where you were. A couple of things happened that put you into a negative mindset. And it would be really easy to just sit there. It really would, because that was, that was kind of my comfort zone. And I felt myself getting too comfortable being depressed and being sad. So I said, it's time to, you know, snap out of it. But I didn't, I couldn't guilt myself because I think I did that the first time was like shaming and guilting myself into going back to being this happy person. And it's like, that's not how it works. Shame and guilt are not going to bring happiness out of you. I needed to love myself and be gentle with myself and say like, hey, 
you're going through a really hard time. It's okay to be falling apart. You're doing your best. And that's actually part of the episode on the show Human Resources. Um, The love bug is talking to her human who just had a baby. And of course I resonated with this so much because she's got postpartum depression. And she's talking to her like, hey, of course, you know, of course, you're not thinking about sex with your husband. Of course, you're not thinking about all these extra things like you are you're doing your best, but you were dealt a shitty hand not having a baby. But you know what I mean? Like When things in your life throw you off and you're dealt a shitty hand doing your best, even if it's not the greatest, you need to forgive yourself for that, because that like that shame is what's going to keep you in that low vibrational state. So really just trying to overcome that shame and be gentle with myself and have that conversation where it's like, look, you're doing your best and it's okay if your best is not the greatest right now. It's okay. Like it's going to be fine. You can only do as much as you can do in one day. And that's what I had to tell myself at the end of the day, I was, I kept feeling like, you know, you should be doing more. You should be doing more. And I was burning out. So I had to tell myself like, Hey, it's okay you are only one human. Like you are just, you are in one tiny little human body that can only do so much. Like you have two arms and two legs. You can only be in one place at one time. You know, there are limits to these things. There's limits to what you can do. And you have to recognize that and stop setting these expectations for someone who's limitless and then getting disappointed when it turns out you're human. You know what I mean? So recognizing that has been vital to me and I wanted to share that because I'm, I, I feel like all of my friends when I talk to them they're kind of all in the same boat so I wanted to share it with you guys and see if that helps just see if you can hear if you can put a sound to it that really helped me but I mean watching these shows you can put a character to it and just imagine like is that something that the logic rock would say or is that something that the hormone monster would say is that something that the addiction angel would say these are all characters on the show and I'm telling you like I know when I talk to my friends they're like you're crazy because I'm reading into like satirical shows like Space Force and how they represent the you know conscious and the subconscious and the ego and the soul and all these things but it's like if you look all the patterns are there okay and use those tools, use like the show Inside Out, excuse me, the movie Inside Out, use those characters and see who's sitting at the head of the table right now. And if it's not joy, you should probably change it because that's the one that's going to create the most balanced results in our life. Okay. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope that any of this made sense to you. Sometimes I feel like when I talk, it's just very far out there, but I know that you guys are listening and that y'all understand. Okay. So thank y'all so much for joining me and I will talk to you guys next week.